Today's sermon is entitled, God is always available. God is always available so we can always access him. I'll say that again. God is always available so we can always access him. Why does God make himself always available? Why does God make himself always available? He makes himself always available so we can always access him. He is always available. Now, mind you, I did not think of this sermon in light of today's announcement, earlier announcement. It's funny how it just happened to coincide. Uh, But what's important is I was thinking on this and I was saying, why is God always available? And then I realized, well, if he's available, it it is our job to go to him. It is not his job to come to us. When we talk about someone being available, it means that they are sitting somewhere or they are in a place somewhere where we can access them. We live oftentimes like God is supposed to access us. We think that God is to access us when in reality we are to access God. And that is why he makes himself available. But if you don't access him, if you don't access him, then listen, listen, you won't experience him, okay? If you don't access him, you won't experience him. But now, that doesn't mean that he's not available. Just because you don't access him, it doesn't mean that he's not available. That's important. I want to say that again. Just because you don't access him, it doesn't mean he's not available. Our lives are missing a lot because we don't access him. Our lives are bereft of a number of things because we don't access what is available. The Bible says we have not. Why? Because we ask not. But listen, your lack of asking doesn't mean that it's not available. Ah, I love this. I want you to try and see this. Just because something you didn't ask for something doesn't mean it's not available. The onus is on you to make that connection. The truth is we rely, listen to this, we rely more on people than we do God. That's the truth. So many times we totally jump out ahead of God and we ask our friends, we ask our neighbors, we totally look to people Before we look to God, we look at and access things differently and we discover that those people often can't give us what only God can. And so when people let us down, what happens? Then we get mad. We get mad at people and we also get mad at God and we think God is not doing what he's supposed to do. When in reality, we didn't access God's availability. Our goal should be to go to God first, then let him direct you to the people who can help you. You still got to deal with people, but you got to go to God first, who is available, and then he'll direct you to the people. Haven't you been mad when you call people and they're not available, but you're always available for them? And so this dichotomy or this break in connectivity, because you're always available and they're not, creates frustration. So to eliminate frustration and lack of contentment, I'm telling you today, God is always available. So why not choose a source that is always available versus a friend or a neighbor or a family member who is not always available, yet you keep calling them, yet you keep depending on them, yet you keep relying on them when they have let you down time and time again. We hear so much about our being available to God, right? Talk about, and we've preached it. Uh, there's a song uh, about it. Lord, I'm available to you. Talk about 
our perspective of being available to him, but what about him being available to us? And I don't think I hear this preached a lot. It's going to get tricky in just a moment, so stick with me. It's not just the obvious. Yes, God is with us, Shauna. Yes, God is with us. But we still read in scripture of him saying, come to me. God is with us, but yet he tells us, draw nigh to me. Ah, this sounds like an oxymoron here. Experiencing God is not an issue of God's availability, but ours. If we seek him, we will find him. And the Bible say that, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened. On each one of those requests, the initiator is us. We have to ask or seek or knock on God. It is like parenting. When you are born, watch this now, when you are born, Latanya, it is God's job to always be with you, right? You don't leave an infant laying around somewhere on their own. The parent is always with the child. But as you grow older, it is the child's job to reach out to the parent when in need. Ah, watch this now. While the child is an infant or a young baby, a toddler, it is the parent's job to smother them and to make sure they take care of them. But as we grow as children, it is our job to go to the parent to seek our needs. In other words, the parent begins to pull back because you are now more able to make your own choices, make your decisions, determine when you need to go to the bathroom, all of those types of things. So the parent's job as you get older becomes what? Is to be available. The parent just needs to be available. And so my greatest job as a parent right now is to be available. God's greatest job to us who are growing spiritually is to be available. Unfortunately, I was denied the right to be present with my kids when they were smaller as much as I'd like to be. But now that they're older, I can't go back and redeem that time and they don't want me in their face 24-7 now. And when I was with my youngest daughter not long ago, you know, I want to kiss her face. I want to be out in the daddy. I ain't that daddy. I'm, and she tell me, I say sometimes, I say, Whitney, I mentioned you in service. She said, did you tell them I'm a grown woman now? Because <laughs> all of you guys know her as a baby. I talk about her like she's a baby. But you, I have to learn now, she doesn't want me in her face. But what she does need is for me to be available. The season has passed for me to be over her and controlling and making decisions for her. Now it's my time to be available to help her make her own decisions. So listen, what I try to do is make it important to me that when they call me, I make sure they know that I'm always available. Now, this is true. My wife and kids are the only people. My wife and children are the only people who can interrupt anything I'm doing, no matter how important it is. And I want you to be clear, being available has a lot to do with access. Ah, God, watch this now. So this God being available means there is a level of access and it's based on relationship. I'm going somewhere. Watch this now, Big Ben. So as I develop and as I mature in God, as I have grown spiritually, listen, you keep coming to this church, you keep hearing these messages, you not, you ought not be a toddler forever. There's no reason for you to go to church for 20 years and still be an infant in spiritual things. You should grow and develop over time. And the more you grow and develop, the more 
the leadership backs off making decisions for you. Uh, you don't want to hear it, I know. So let's see if there's scripture that teaches us this discipline. Because you say, PC, you making this up? No, I am not. <laughs> let's look at a couple of passages. Write these passages down because they will prove useful in the days ahead. Look at passage number one. Uh, Psalm 145 verse 18 and 19 says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Verse 19, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. And so look at that. He hears he, he fulfills the desires when you call him, he's available. All right, next verse, Matthew eleven twenty eight, famous verse, come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There is the command and the commission. You come to me, you come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's Matthew 11 and 28. Look at this one, John 6 and 37, St. John 6 and 37 says, all that the Father gives me, here it is, will come to me. And whoever comes to me, here it is, look at this, I will never, ever, 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 never, ever, never, I will never drive away. In other words, whoever God gives to Jesus, whoever God brings into the body, will come to him. And whoever comes to him, he will not turn you away. Oh, I love that. You ought to mark that one. That's a favorite right there. God will never turn you away when you come to him. Got to move on. Got to move fast. James 4 and 8. Here's the passage we read mentioned earlier. Draw nigh to God or come near to God and what will happen? He will come near to you. You have to come to him, y'all. Peoples, peoples. Look, he says, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We have to learn and get in the habit to come near to God. But the beauty is, if we draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to us. Last passage. Let's take a look at this. Hebrews 7 and 25. Therefore, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always, there's a term, lives to make intercession for them. So look at that. He is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he is always available to make intercession for them. So when the Bible says Christ makes intercession for us, it means that he goes into the holy place. He goes to God and says, that's Cherry, that's PC knocking at the door. He's okay. He has entry. Whenever I become a pop star and I'm backstage and I'm, you know, performing at the, um, you know, Staples Center or something, there will be people who will try to get in the backstage to see me. And there will be people at the door to tell them who is coming. And the Bible says Jesus is always standing in between you and God. Ah, thank you, Lord. As the intercessor who makes a petition, he makes a request, he intercedes. That means he intercedes, he steps in on your behalf to make sure you get access. Now notice he says he's always, he lives always to make intercession for you. That Jesus is saying, I am available. He's saying, I'm no longer here on earth physically, but I am always available to get you access to God. Are you tracking? Are, are, are you guys tracking? So now watch this. You might ask, listen, here it is. Here it is, Tony. You might ask, if God is always with us, how and why do I need to come to him? 
if he's always with us, if his name is Emmanuel, if he says he'll never leave us nor forsake us, but that he'll be with us always to the end of the age, then why do I need to come to him? If God lives in my heart, if he's the Holy Spirit and he lives within me, then why do I need to come to him? And then how do I come to him? How do I come to myself? How do I get to God who's already here? Hmm, great questions. Let's explore it further. The first thing I want you to note is that we have to learn how to initiate contact. Somebody say initiate contact. Initiate the contact. This is what this means. To come to me is talking about initiating contact. So God's availability, watch this now. I want to make this clear. God's availability, Tabitha, is slightly different from his presence. God's availability is slightly different from his presence. God's availability is different from his being with you, okay? The key to remember is that he lives inside of us. So when we need him, we don't have to go far. He is with us, but he is available. Oh man, you're missing it. It's a difference of having someone with you and they are not available. I remember saying to someone, we were in the house, and I said to this person, I said, you know, I do exist. I I am alive here. You know, in other words, you can be with people and be unavailable. Oh, come on. Don't, don't, come on, don't act like you, you don't know that. You can be with people and not be available. Or you can be workers, co-workers on the job who see each other every day, but you don't speak. Ah, okay, stay right there. I'm coming for your toes. So the question or issue is, if he is always with me, why do I have to come to him? Where is it that I actually have to go? Come unto me means to initiate contact. So if you have a co-worker who sits at the next desk, they are there. They are present with you. But the availability means that someone has to initiate contact. Availability is, is accessed by someone initiating contact. So though I am always with you, God says, and I will never leave you, the onus is on you to engage with me on a daily basis. God, watch this. So we as Christians walk with God every day. He is with us. But the onus is on me to initiate contact to garner the daily basis, uh, to garner his presence on a daily basis. Now watch this. Remember I said that this is as you grow. Now, if you're a babe in Christ, I don't expect you to be doing a whole lot of engaging, but God, you know, he, he wakes you up. He, he senses something in your spirit. He drops a word on you. He keeps feeding you all kind of stuff. But let me tell you something. As you get older in God and you start walking with God, you can go all day. You hear me? You can go all day without thinking about him. You can go all day without him dropping a scripture in your spirit. It is not his job to keep feeding you when you're a grown man or woman in the spirit of God. I know, not popular. He is available. But if we don't take advantage of that, that's our fault. And too many of us walk around with God and still don't have what we need. And why? Because we didn't initiate contact. Remember, James 4 says, you have not because you ask not. So you don't have because you didn't say anything. You'll never know how, when I used to go to the clubs and I, oh God, what's wrong? I'm just telling everything. I'd go to clubs and I, you know, me and and my buddies, we'd be hanging around. Everybody be ooh ooh and gawking at at the cute girl. And I say, hey, listen, you ain't going to get the number if you don't ask for it. All she can do is tell me no. So I was the first one over there. Me and a buddy of mine, we had had plenty of confidence. We'll talk about that later. Plenty of confidence. We go over there and say, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and what? Eight, nine out of ten times? Well, not much lower than that. Eight, nine out of ten times we get the phone number. Why? Because we ask. 
I remember uh, one of my bishops, a pastor said to me, he said, I, I said to him, I said, I was going to call you this week. Um, and he said, well, why didn't you? He said, uh, he said, uh, you should have called me. And I said, well, I know everybody trying to call you. He said, no, everybody, everybody who really care and love me, they, they're not trying to call me. We assume that everybody's bombarded with attention when they really aren't. And it's the people that God wants to come to him. It's the people that love him the most, the people who are struggling that he wants to hear from you. So these are opportunities for you to understand how to initiate contact. So I'm sort of like, listen, listen, it's sort of like, let me explain this. It's sort of like Newton's first law of motion. Watch this. Newton's first law of motion, not the third law for every action is an equal opposite reaction. The first law of motion is an object won't change its motion unless a force acts upon it. An object won't change its motion unless a force acts upon it. So the action of our lives is to be initiated by us. Even though there's all this potential energy in us, the power of the Holy Spirit, that potential energy cannot become kinetic energy without us initiating an act of force. As we grow older in God, we ought to grow stronger in initiating. We must become more confident and more powerful in what we believe our outcomes would be in life and we start asking for the things we desire and the things we want. We no longer recluse or make the excuse that we aren't good communicators, that we aren't effective, that we don't know what we want. That's bogus. Even Moses, who had a stuttering problem, came to God. God said, I'm going to help you lead my people out of Israel. Moses said, I, I, I can't talk right. God said, that's all right. Who made your tongue? I will give you what you need to do what you need to do. So I've learned, watch this now, I've learned that the older person should always initiate. Why? Because they are in essence the ones who know better. That's why they say, remember remember when your big sister and the little sister you get in a fight and mama would say, well, y'all ain't speaking. You say, well, you the older sister, you say something to them. You initiate. Why? Because you're supposed to know better. The idea of us initiating as mature people in God is that we can go around calling things that are not as though they are with initiation of God's power. Why? Because we know better. It implies that we have walked with God longer. It implies that in some way we have seen him do great things in our lives and we know the potential of what he can do. And so we don't go into the prayer meeting timid. We don't talk to the friend worried or doubting. We go in confidently saying our God is is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Why? Because we're older. And when we're older, we can initiate things. Somebody say initiate. initiate. Hasn't our dealings with God taught us anything over all these years? Haven't you learned anything? We should know by now that if anything is going to change, I have to initiate it. If you want change, if you want change in your life, if you want change in your marriage, if you want change in your career, then you have to initiate it. There is no honor in waiting for someone else to do what you want. I'm going to say that again. That's a quotable shot. There is no honor in waiting for someone else to do what you want. How can I, how can I wait for somebody else to do what I want, but you haven't communicated what you want. How can you be mad at God and you haven't asked God, you haven't told God, you haven't expressed to God what it is you want and the desire you want, but you want to sit at home like you're still in a spiritual crib and say, God, tell me what to do. God, tell me what to wear. God, tell me where to go. Tell me who my mate is. Let me tell you something. You better pick your mate based on, do you like them? Are they cute? And, and I go against this church rule that says, you know, well, sometimes you're supposed to marry people you don't like. That's that's ridiculous. It's crazy and it's insane. You're going to be in a divorce court. I'm telling you, listen, you may not get everything you want on your list, but I'm telling you, she got to be cute to you. He got to be cute to you. They got to be somebody you get along with. Listen, if ain't no point of you marrying somebody you can't stand. Oh, whoo, whoo, whoo. 
If you want something in life, you have to initiate it. So go on up to the job and say, I'm looking for this. Apply for this job. This is what I'm doing. You have to initiate contact. God is available. Now, this availability and this access goes a little deeper, though. Let's move to our key verse of teaching. Since these passages have more than clearly established our basis for pursuing this any further, would you agree? Would you agree that the passages tell us to come to him? Are you in agreement with that? All right, so we have a reason to look at this further. So here is our text for our main text for today. Hebrews 4, 16, Hebrews 4 and 16. And you have your Bible on the app there as well. If you want to look at the app, you can do it too. Uh, I remember telling Carlos, I remember telling Carlos, man, you can do this. You can, we have many conversations. We talk about, you know, the job that he was doing. We're talking about, man, you, you got this, you could do this. And, and he was a little timid and, 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 and kind of, uh, uh, slow to respond, but he walked on in it. He became this person. He could do different. Never mind. I'm not going to talk about God. So look at verse 16, Hebrews 4, 16. Therefore, let us draw near. Here's our key text. This is where we're going to develop this from. The text tells us. Point number one, the text tells us, draw near. The first aspect says, it says, let us. The text is written to believers. He's saying, let us, let anyone who is a Christian come, draw near, get close. Now, God is already with us. I'll explain that in a minute. How do I get near to him? The point is, The onus is on you. If you don't wake up, if you don't call, if you don't ask, don't expect anything to happen if you don't initiate. Are you getting this? Do not expect favor. Do not expect blessing. Do not expect your life to change if you don't engage in your own life. Nobody is going to live life for you. Take responsibility for who you are. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Though he is available, it is not his job to initiate, which means God will be with you when you wake up, but he will not do anything until you initiate. God is with you in the afternoon and he will not do anything until you initiate. The text says, let us come near. It's right there. It's telling you, let us draw near. So we have to go to him. When we wake up in the morning, we should go to him. First thing on the agenda, go to God. Thank you for waking me up. Establish his presence in my life. I'm initiating. I'm turning myself on with you. In other words, I'm turning God on. Here it is. You turn the TV on. You get up. You turn your cell phone on. You get up. You turn your toothbrush, electric toothbrush on. You turn the teapot on. You turn the breakfast muffin on. You turn stuff on because you're initiating. Why not go to God and turn on his Holy Spirit? Turn on his power. Turn on. Jesus Christ, why not? Initiate. Initiate before a meeting. Initiate before a date. Initiate before you talk to your children. Initiate. Are you getting this? So what does it mean to draw near? To draw near means to approach. It means to speak first. That's what to draw near means. So in other words, he says, therefore, let us speak first. This is getting, y'all, y'all gonna be in trouble because y'all, so many people waiting on God. God says, speak it, speak it. In other words, talk to it. In other words, draw near. So what is he saying? In other words, get close enough to address me. Come to where I am. Well, where are you? I'm in, I'm in your heart. Well, then turn into your heart. Turn into your spirit. Well, how do we do that, PC? I'm glad you asked. We turn in through prayer. We close our eyes and we focus in on prayer. We try to call deep to deep to connect with the person who's in us. Well, how do we do that? We say, well, I can't pray. I'm at work. Well, meditate. You can go sit on the porch. You can sit on the steps. You can walk around the block and meditate. People think, well, are you talking to yourself? Yeah, I'm in my head. I'm meditating. That's how you initiate contact. Don't let men, you about to fight. Somebody about to jump you. You don't have to put up nubs. You don't have to get ready. Just turn in and be Lord. 
in the name of Jesus, I need you to be present with, initiate. In other words, how do, how do I draw near to him? By talking about him. When I mention his name, oh, if I hear my kids say my name, what you saying about me? If I hear my wife say, baby, <laughs> I say, yes, girl. If, you know, if I hear my name, I perk up. In other words, I'm initiating contact. If I call my children, if I say, Cherry, if I call Kenesha, if I call them, I say, hey, they... I'm making an initiation. I texted them this morning. Happy Sunday. They responded. I initiated that by talking about them, saying their name. How about praise and worship? Isn't that a way to, to get engaged, to draw nigh to him through praise? Oh, people love it when you talk about them, don't they? People, oh, try this one time. Just keep blowing somebody up. They, they bet they be your friend. They like being your friend. How about worship? How about turning into God, letting your heart experience him on a daily basis. You can't always praise and you can't always worship. Do you got a radio? Do you got iPods? Do you got a headphone? Then turn off the heat. Turn off the other KGLH. Turn off 94.7. Turn off all these stuff and turn on a worship station. Find a YouTube person that you like who leads you in worship. Benita Washington, I love. Oh, John Ogden, I love him as well. There are a couple that I really enjoy. I got them favorite in my phone when I need to check in. They lead me in worship, reading a book about somebody that engages them. So when you read his word, that engages him. I'm telling how do you, I'm just trying to tell you how do you draw near and I'm trying to tell you how to draw near, not always in a church or always in a biblical setting. You can still connect with him. How about this? Random acts of kindness. Random acts of kindness as a way to initiate contact because God loves to see when you do the things that he's taught you to do. When I see my kids do what I taught them to do, I'm so proud my chest be like, pow, I'll be busting out. I'm, I mean, I'm amazed when I see them. I get excited. Gestures of love towards him and towards others is a way we draw near to him. It says to him, I'm thinking about you. It says to him, you're on my mind. When you wear something that you know would please him, when you say something that you know would please him, when you hug somebody or love your enemy, you know it pleases him. That's how you draw near to him. And the Bible says when you go to him, he'll come to you. So do something good for others. It will initiate contact with him. And it means you're thinking of him and honoring his life principles. Now watch this. Look at this next one. Let us draw near. Let us draw near. But how? With confidence. So we are to approach him with boldness or confidence. And this means that you approach, watch this now, confidence, confidence means that you approach knowing that he will respond. Watch this, go back, rewind it, Tony. Number one, it is on me. Let us do what? Draw near by going into prayer or meditation. And when I do it, go confidently. Well, what does confidently mean? It means I know I got access. I know he's going to respond. There is no such thing as going to God and him not being available. Period with a T. There is no such thing as me going to God taking the onus, there is no time that I have ever initiated contact and done so by drawing near to him that I did not go in with confidence and God did not respond to me. There is no such thing as him not being available. So be certain, be certain that whenever you cry out to him, he will be listening. So whenever you go to him, know that he's listening. And so when you know that the one hears you, you have in 1 John, it talks about that when you pray, knowing that God hears you, the Bible says you have the petitions you have desired. So be certain. In other words, when you go to God, be certain. Don't go to God like you go into Auntie So-So. Don't go to God like you go into your neighbor. Don't go to God like you go into your spouse because all them let you down. You're going to be looking at God with a side eye. You're going to let me down too? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. You can concentrate, you can be confident and know that God is going to respond. Let's go to the next one. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to what? The throne of grace. So watch this now. I am 
drawing near, let us, that's on me, do what? Come near, how? With confidence, where? To the throne of grace. Who? Who? Us. Do what? Draw near, right? With how? Confidence. To what? Throne of grace. So we got the who, what, why, the, th- the throne of grace, not the why yet, but we got the how, where, and the who, and the what, all right? So therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. This implies, this implies, I want you to see this, not from a biblical perspective, but let's just look at it from an office perspective. You know what the boss says? My leadership style uh, is that I have an open office policy. Uh, you can come in anytime you like. Uh, so it is the con concept of your boss has an open door policy. God, God has an open door policy and he's sitting at his desk. Well, his desk happens to be the throne of grace. Man, what is happening here? He understands that the people coming to him are not perfect. So initiators of contact don't have to be perfect. He sits on the seat of grace. Do you understand that? He is sitting on top of grace and he says, come see me. I love it when my boss says, come see me. And I know I've been doing the right thing. That come see me means that he's got something good to say to me. Like the mercy seat in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, it's the place where sins are forgiven. So we are coming to a God who says, I'm sitting on top of what can forgive you for whatever mistakes you have made. It means that when you come to him, he isn't available based on how good you've been. He doesn't be available based on how good you haven't been because the mercy seat covers sin. In other words, he's not worried or concerned about your level of sin. He's worried about you coming. He said, come as you are. The Bible says, whosoever will, let them come. Well, whosoever covers sinner, drug addict, uh, philanthropist, whatever you are, he says, come. And why? Because he knows all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. So the throne is made of grace. That's what I want you to see. His desk is made of grace. (laughs) When you go sit in his desk, you ought to try to touch his desk. Let me just touch it. Let me just touch grace. Let me just touch the grace. He says this throne is made of grace so you can get what you don't deserve. And that's what grace is. God's unmerited favor, meaning that you don't deserve it, but you're going to get something anyway. I'm going to see the boss. The boss has told me I don't deserve it, but he's sitting on grace and grace makes me able to get what I don't deserve. It is a throne because he sits upon it. And what I'm trying to get you to see, it's a throne because he's on top of it. He's on top of what forgives us. He is sovereign, meaning he is in control. He has the authority to forgive sin. The Bible says no one can forgive sin but God. That's why you got to stop going to people, expecting them to forgive or accept you. Those people will judge you and will let you down. They'll like you this week, but don't do something they want next week and you're on the bad list again. I'm telling you, you're on one list. You're on one list with God and he gets you the same access anytime and every time you need him. You're on the list of forgiveness and that forgiveness allows you to be his child. So he sits on top of what forgives us. He is the power of our change. He is the light of our darkness. He is the willingness of I can't. Let me wrap this up. Look at number four. Number four says, therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that, here it is, here's the why, here it is, look at the why, let us come to the throne of grace, why PC, why Tabitha, why Latanya, why Henry G, so that we may what, say it with me, receive, say it again, receive what, well, what we getting, what we getting, mercy and grace to do what, to 
help us. So we go to this place. We go to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Now watch this now. Most of the time, most of the time, do I got any parents who are witness with me? Most of the time when I hear from my kids, they want something. (laughs) Most of the time they want something. God knows you need stuff. God knows you want stuff. So he says, come. He says, come. Why? Because I got, I got, I got what you need. But I know, listen, I know that they don't come to me unless they think I have what they want or need. My kids don't call me if they don't think I got what they need. My son called me and asked me some astronomical things. I say, son, what is wrong with you? Are you out of your mind? He said, well, I was just asking, Daddy, do you think you could get me this phone that costs $2,000 or something? Boy, get get off my phone. I mean, in, in other words, there's this relationship between we know we come because we know God can give us what we need. And that's why the text said, put it back on the screen, please. He says, come, why? So that we may receive. And I want some people to understand that I go to God, I initiate contact because that's where I receive. You have not because you ask not. Your communication system is broken down because of fear, because of a parental relationship that made you think worse of yourself or a relationship you were in. Some man or woman told you you ain't going to be nobody and you stop asking for what you want. You stop asking for what you need. I'm telling you, go to God and stop asking people in the first place. People will use stuff to lord over you and control you and manipulate. Well, you did that. You, you did this. And if you want this, I got you got to do this and bump you. I, I, everything, ugh, everything I need, I will get from God. <laughs> everything I desire, I have already requested it from on high. So he says, I have mercy. He says, we will get what? Mercy. While grace is getting what you don't deserve, mercy is not getting what you do deserve. <laughs> so he gives us mercy. In other words, he should have dropped you. When you came into his office, he should have blown you up into a billion pieces. But he says, because I've got mercy on you, I won't give you what you deserve. And instead of that, he turns to grace. He says, you can find mercy and you can find grace. And and what is grace then? Getting what you don't deserve. So I'm getting something. I didn't get what I deserve, but I'm getting something I didn't deserve. And then what? What? Put the text back up. He says, so that you may receive mercy and find grace to what? To help. Somebody say, help. SOS. He says, I've got help. So mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Help is getting what you need. (laughs) Somebody say, give me what I need. Help means he's going to make it easier. That's what help is. When you ask somebody, help me. What are we saying? Help me. In other words, make it easier. He's going to step in and assist you. (laughs) That's what help is. That's what a helpmate is. A partner is someone to make it easier. You get married because a partner ought to make it easier, not harder, Cynthia. A partner ought to make it easier. Am I talking to anybody? He's going to step in and he's going to assist. He's going to improve the situation. He's going to make it better. In other words, I initiate contact because God is going to make it better. In other words, I'm not running to people because people make things worse. But when I go to God, his intention is always to make it better. Psalm 46 and 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. In other words, it is God's job to help us. His being available means I'm sitting on ready to assist you. God says, I can't assist you if you don't initiate. I'm talking to somebody. God is always available so we can always access him. That's why he's available. He makes himself available so we can reach him. And then here's the last point. Look at this text. I hope I'm exegeting it and dissecting it well enough for you to understand. Here he says, therefore, let us do what? Here it is. Here's the let us draw near who what confidence with confidence, with uh, with adjectival describing how to come to what? The throne of grace. We're going to, that's the where, so that we may receive. Here's the why, the purpose, why we may receive and find grace to help 
And here is win. Oh, there's the win. What? In our time of need. Oh, when is God available? Huh? In your time of need. Huh? When is God available? Huh? In your time of need. Huh? Well, will somebody please tell me when need comes? Is need only from 12 to 1 on Tuesday? <laughs> need will drop on you at any time. <laughs> need or want or desire comes at any time. And I need a God who can be available whenever the need hits me. Oh, I feel a pain in my sciaticus. I need him now. Don't you know the old song, I need thee? I need thee every hour. I need thee. Don't you see every hour? That means every second, every moment of the day, you have the potentiality to initiate contact. The text says God is available whenever you have a need. My time of need may not be your time of need, Joy. Your time of need may not be my time of need, but for all our needs, God is available. (laughs) God is available in all of our situations. In other words, somebody right now is involved in a car accident. God is available. Somebody was in surgery last night. God was available. Somebody don't even know it, but a loved one is about to die in the next 60 seconds. God is available. There are needs all over the world, marriages that are struggling on the brink of divorce and separation. God is available. In other words, you don't have to go to the court to be the final decider of your situation. If you come to me, I'm more than capable of healing your situation. At 1 a.m., he's available. Have you ever been drunk and nobody could drive you home and you had never mind don't raise your hand but the truth is some people some people have driven home drunk and it was the grace of God that got you there I remember driving I wasn't drunk but I was sleepy and I can tell you I don't remember seeing nothing from the time I left to the time I got in my driveway it was the grace of God he's available at one o'clock he's available at 2 p.m. in the middle of the day I can initiate contact whenever I'm in trouble and sometimes the time of the call determines the sense of an emergency a few preachy baby system it is a call in the midnight hour it may mean something urgent it depends on the time of the call a call during the business hours seems appropriate and we may think I'll get back to them a little later but when you get a call at any time God is available I lay down at night sometimes and I wake up in the morning and I say thank you God that I didn't get that call in the midnight hour thank you God that I didn't get the call from the police officer thank you God that the hospital didn't call me about a relative or about one of my children my children live all over and now I have to trust God to watch over them it's the midnight hour some of us got our phones on do not disturb because while I don't want to hear from telemarketers I always want to hear from important people because the time of the call indicates urgency. If somebody calling you at 3 a.m., it better be important. And so God says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in. Why do you think he wrote that scripture? Because he knew somebody was going to be in trouble. Late in the midnight hour, he was going to have to turn it around. And God was saying, no matter when you call me 3 a.m. or 6 a.m. I'm available God makes himself always available so that we can always access him wasn't it in the midnight hour that Paul and Silas was in the jail praising and thanking God and God showed up and opened up the jail cell instead of cussing at midnight you ought to start praising him and thanking God for what he can do in your life see if the jail cell won't open. The Bible says that it was in the wee hours of the morning that Peter was walking on the water. When Jesus came to meet him on the boat, Peter said, bid me come unto you. Jesus said, come on. That's my role. That's my my point.
point blank word to you. Jesus is saying to you today, come on out to me. Come on out to me. And it was in the wee hours of the morning that Peter began to look at the water and he began to sink and the the text said, he cried out to him and Jesus said, the Bible said, immediately he rescued him. I don't care what time it is. I don't care how sinful it is. I don't care how devastating the situation. When you open your mouth to initiate contact, you can expect God to respond. I'm not preaching to anybody. Wasn't it in the lion's den that Daniel called him and he shut the lion's mouth? Do you know what time that was? The Bible said when the king came the next morning, so he was all night in the room with the lion. Have you ever been in the room with the devil all night long? (laughs) It was the fiery furnace that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we call him a bad Negro, but it's Abednego, he cried out, and the Bible said one like the Son of Man showed up in the fiery furnace. The Bible said when they came out, they didn't even smell like fire. I want to talk to somebody who understands that when I cry out to him, he's going to answer. So whenever you call him, he'll be there. Whenever you need me, I'll be there. Come on, Michael, help me. Whenever you need him, whenever you want him, he'll be there. Why? Because he is always available. And it's not just to Christians, but whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I conclude with this. Why do I want 24-7 God's availability? People crowded around to hear Jesus. They saw him as having something that they needed. And we must ask ourselves, why would God go through so much trouble to avail himself to us? And if he went through all that trouble to be available, what trouble will I go through to access him? If God made himself available, then why don't I access him? Why would I want to ask God or access God at all times of the day? and all times of the night. Why should I be excited about God's availability? Because number one, I'm excited because He has everything I need or want. Why am I excited about this message, Cousin Kevin? Is because he's got everything I need. You have to see him as having something you need or want. You don't talk to people you don't think they got what you want. You don't talk to people if you don't think they have what you need. But the people you think have what you need, what do you do? You value them availability. Oh, I'm going to keep this number handy. I'm going to mark this one. Oh, I need to get back to this website. Oh, I need to get to this song because you think it has something you need. Number two, I value this because my needs or wants can strike at any time. The things we need or want can strike at any time and I need a God that's available every hour of the day. Don't you remember when you used to bank and the bank was only open from nine to five and God bless God if you needed cash in the middle of the night, you was out of luck. You had to wait to get them in the morning if you didn't have cash under the mattress. But one day God, somebody created an ATM, the automated teller, which mean if you can get to the teller, You can access the money. If you can get to God, you can access what you need. So I need a God who's 24-7 available because I never know when my children might need me. I never know when my my wife might want some red-bottom Christian Louis Vuitton. No, I'm just kidding. No, she ain't kidding. But you never know when you're going to need something in your life. Number three. 
I value his availability because it makes me feel better knowing I have 24-7 access. Let me explain something to you. It makes me feel better knowing that I can get to him at any time. When I was on tour with Luther Vandross and Cheryl Lynn and the Whispers and Whitney Houston and Ready for the World and all these other people, the Whispers and everybody, it made me feel good. When I walked up to the back gate and I flashed my pass and they say, oh, VIP, come on in. It makes me feel good when somebody asked me for prayer and when I kneel down to pray, I know I'm getting access. Even Jesus, when he went to pray for Lazarus, who had been dead for four days, Jesus said, Lord, I'm praying out loud because I know I always can get to you. He says, but I'm praying out loud because they need to see it. When you know what you know, what you show enough know, when you're confident that God has answered your prayers every time and he's going to answer it now, you feel some kind of way. Your gate changes. Your attitude changes because you feel special. Getting to him is something. It does something for me emotionally. It does something for me psychologically. I love it when I can get in backstage. I love it when I can get into the office and everybody else can't. I love it when I'm riding in the limousine and other people aren't. It means I'm accessible. Some of us are emotionally deficient and some of you don't have joy because you don't practice the art of reaching out and initiating contact. You're such a hermit. You're so downtrodden and depressed and you blame it on everybody else. Well, you need to call me. You pick up the phone and you call them. Initiate contact. It ain't gonna change if you don't start the change. And I watched a movie. Watch this. I watched a movie called Old last night and people were aging in this movie they were aging like 50 years in one day and the baby was born and was dead in five minutes because the parent looked away from it for a moment and the baby died of lack of attention in other words the baby's growth rate was so fast that if I looked away for five minutes the baby died from lack of attention and I'm telling you some of you are horrible at initiating contact. You ignore every number that comes in. You don't respond to texts and your emails are backed up. You're overloaded and the people keep telling you dump your emails because you can't receive it. Oh, how about your voicemail? Voicemail is full. Please delete messages so that you can receive more messages. That means you are not good at returning contact. And God says you are backed up. You're backed up with anger. You're backed up with depression. You're backed up with negativity because you won't initiate something. You won't return a call. You won't respond emotionally. He says, I've given you the ability to reach out and to connect. Diana Ross sang it, y'all. Reach out and touch somebody's hand. Why? Make this world a better place if you can because there's something powerful about a people who come together in unity and reach out and try to do something good. We should all want this change and we should all be excited emotionally about who I can reach. You ought not take for granted that you can reach over and kiss your wife. You ought not take for granted that you can reach your children. You you ain't talked to them in 12 years. Why? What's wrong with you? Make the phone call today. I looked this morning for a pastor's number. I was scrolling in my phone because I felt like I should reach out and I couldn't find the number but I'm going to find it and I'm going to get the number and I'm going to say pastor I'm proud of you I haven't talked to him in a long time but I want to say hey I want you to know I see you because when you reach out it releases some endorphins it allows you to grow and expand emotionally I got to move on number four the Bible said I will always get what's best for me. When I go to God, I value this 24-7 availability because I will always get 
what's best for me. We should want this access because we will always get what is best for us. He's available. His availability prevents our culpability, meaning we don't have to bear the responsibility for our mistakes because if we reach out to him and choose his way, then we won't make the same stupid mistakes we used to make. We're no longer culpable because we're choosing things out of stupidity. We are choosing things because we started it with God. We reached out first to get his guidance. And beloved, how many times have we called our moms? How many times have we called our dads? How many times have we called our bosses, our mentors and father figures looking for something that we needed most? I'm here to remind you that the same things you look for in them, God says I'm available to provide. So today, I hope I have encouraged you to not see yourselves as waiting on God to act on your behalf, but for you to act on his availability so that he can act on our initiating action of contacting him. I'm going to take the privilege that God has given me to reach out to him before he reaches out to me. I want to say, God, I love you. God, I'm thinking about you. God, here's a need I have. God, my son is in trouble. God, my marriage needs a touch. God, my finances are low. God, my body feels funny. God, I don't feel well. God, my mind is changing. God, I'm aging and I'm adjusting to where I am in my life. God, my parents are getting older. God, my children are in trouble. I'm reaching out today to say, God, unless you give me direction, I won't know what to do. Everything we do should begin with God. And he's already come to us in the person of Jesus the Christ. So stop asking him to come again and again and again and again. He's already come. He lives in us in the form of the Holy Spirit. He dwells inside of us. There is no excuse for you not to have what you need. And now all you have to do in your life is just come to me. God says just initiate the contact. Come running to me. And I guarantee you, your life will change for the better. God is always available so we can always access him on PC. And that's all I've got.